Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring DJ Stewart and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. Yeah, no DA. EJ's here. Hey. So is Andrew Bogish, Pete Bellotti, Emmanuel Babari, intern Brooke, who just left again. Didn't like our two either. Didn't came, like that open. Yeah, came back, gave it a try, said, never mind. I'm going back to Rutgers. We've got to make some choices around here. And as Pete said, he's the pull the band-aid off guy. So we've gone from just straight edits to now redubs. And we'll see what happens over the next hour or so of this first show of a new era here that doesn't have DA either. No cap, just radio. Radio only on this Monday and radio everywhere thanks to our great affiliates, the Odyssey app, the CBS Sports Radio app, Sirius XM Channel 158. Again, Bogish, EJ, Bilotti, Emmanuel, and you at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I've got to tack on to the bathroom story because there was a exclamation point in the worst possible way on this trip in. Uh, and I can't leave out the best slash worst part. So we'll do that in a second. We will also check in on Joel Embiid who got married over the weekend and someone of significance wasn't there leading to all sorts of speculation why he wasn't there, whose decision was it, what does this mean for basketball, and Said wedding involved Michael Rubin, fanatic CEO, owner, and his wife, Camille, who is Lisa Ramos's friend, who we talked about with Lisa when she came in last week to say goodbye to Sean, try to weasel our way into the super fancy Michael Rubin fanatics for the July party. They're now at this party, and one of their videos started the detective milkshake run on who is and who's not at the Joel Embiid wedding. So that's coming up this hour as well. Plus, we'll chat with Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, Fantasy Football. We are nearing real football, which means we are nearing draft time. So your first look at who you should pick, who you shouldn't pick, and when you should pick them with Vinny coming up later this hour. But we begin with the Washington Commanders, who are called the Commanders For now, apparently, new ownership. This is how last week ended. Josh Harris approved. Dan Snyder is out. 
that $60 million fine left behind. Not a huge punishment, but it looks good, at least in paper, on headlines to take 60 mil back from one of the worst people ever to win an NFL team. But with Josh Harris now in charge, people have asked about the future of the organization in many different ways, and one of them is about the lukewarm response to being the commanders after being the Washington football team. And the first um, any person of significance in Washington to discuss this was Magic Johnson, who's got a stake in the team. And this was Magic, I guess, Friday morning on the Today Show. I think, Craig, everything's on the table, right? Especially after this year. We don't, we, we'll we see where we are with the name, but I can't say that right now. So there's Magic opening the door. Now, Josh Harris was then asked about this. He was a little... Not that magic was concrete, but Josh was even more open-ended about what is going to happen. No one is committed to anything, but I think it's worth pointing out that neither one, that A, magic suggested it, and B, nobody has absolutely killed the conversation in the 48-plus hours since magic said that. And Josh Harris's quote was kind of the same thing along the lines of, everything's on the table we're going to look at everything and we're going to listen to the fans. And as we learned with the initial change, this by definition takes years and nothing will start now. And even if they decide to do this after this season, we wouldn't get a new name for even a while after that. It just takes that long to change names and logos and paperwork and lawsuits and whatnot. But from our vantage point, from the show's vantage point, one of our marquee moments, at least recently, if not ever, is Joe Theismann breaking the news of the name on this show. Just for our sake, they can't change commanders. They can't take that away from us. We can't have Joe Theismann's moment become the time he broke the news of the temporary Washington football team name. They've got to keep the commanders just for that reason, just to preserve our place in history. We can't lose that. We got to. Ha- we, that, how different is that story of you're saying, oh yeah, for a year they were the commanders, and Joe Theismann, one of the greats in franchise history, accidentally told us they were going to be the commanders. Now they're the Red Hogs, but they were the commanders for that one great 2022 or however long it's been. Right? It's only been one season as the commanders. Uh, and we, you know that was their name for a little bit, and. You heard it here first on this show. We can't lose that. But if we're going to lose it, and no one has liked commanders from the beginning, the uniform change was significant, not terrible, but commanders is a kind of a blah name. I got to be honest, going back through the names that were in contention last time, there was Armada, there was Brigade, There was Defenders, Red Hogs. Other people have suggested Red Wolves and the Red Tails. That's a uh, military plane reference. But the more I thought about it, of the names that we know of that were officially in contention or the names that have been popularized online, I might like best some version of Washington football team. Now, it was really hard 
to not have a nickname for them when you're talking about them? Like, because no one said WFT, nobody said, and you know, Washington football team is a lot to say. And in this business, it's called like second reference, where you have a second way. You don't reference something the same way every time. So, you know, it's Atlanta, then it's the Braves. It can be the Atlanta Braves. You can go back and forth. There's very little variety with Washington football team. But the more and more I watch and enjoy soccer, and they just, they have names that are just a thing, like DC United, I kind of I kind of get it. I don't want Washington football team, but something generic like that is no longer to me the worst possible idea. Now, you already had issues with people saying, oh, you didn't show enough emotion for Sean. I feel like you're now leaning firmly into that bit by saying, you know what? Something as generic as Washington football team, I'm all good with. So you're saying serial killers would prefer a Washington football team. I'm just saying, I don't know. These are the allegations that have gone out, Andrew. I don't think you're beating them right now. So I so I I don't want Washington football team, but the but the general structure, the idea, I'm okay with it now. Now that being said, the European soccer teams that started all of this that have always they all have nicknames too. So, like, they are Tottenham Hotspur, but then you call them the Lily Whites, and there's the Red Devils. Like, there's, they they do have unofficial nicknames. So, there is always that, too. It's not like they are only what, they're not just Man City, Manchester United. They have then kind of secondary unofficial nicknames. And you would still need one then for the Washington football team. So, in the end, I wouldn't necessarily get what I want. We would still have to call them something else, you would think. But I don't, I guess the competition, if the competition is red tails and red hogs and whatever, I don't mind a, the kind of soccer style name. I, I don't know. I just feel like red tails is so perfect. And the and logos so that I've right seen there. are pretty good. The logos are awesome. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it, it makes sense given the history of the city. Um, I think, and to me, I think of also like who, you're facing your main rival being the Cowboys. So if you're going to have the Cowboys, I want to have something that can fight against Cowboys. And hey, why not have, you know, military grade things flying over in that kind of mythical matchup of Cowboys versus Red Tails? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Washington football team has grown on me more than I thought. Generally speaking. And I think it's probably not going to be them. I think they really want to hit a home run to steal a pun for their fans. So they're going to go with, if they do change it, they would go with something the fans really want. And the fans, their number one choice is not some version of Washington football team. So they'll go the easy route, quote unquote, to, to really kind of gain some brownie points here. But some team in one of our four major leagues is going to do this. They're going to have a name... That's not just city and nickname. They're going to do the soccer-style name. I think that's coming. Well, the minimalist minimalist everything is happening now. I mean, we see it in our uniforms with every team that has a new uniform come out. They come out as duller and duller as possible. So minimalist is in in terms of design. So I don't think you're wrong. And I think that the soccer thing, whether it's NYCFC or you know, the Los Angeles Football Club, like inner Miami, like, you know, this is in. You're right yeah. about that. Speaking of uniforms, odd release. The Titans released throwbacks last night. 
like 8 o'clock. Now, I don't know if I'm missing the full story, if I'm missing the obvious thing, if they had some kind of event, if it's the eve of training camp, if I'm missing the obvious thing. It was just weird at 8.30 last night to open up Twitter and Instagram and see a fresh post of here are our new uniforms, our throwbacks. But they're wearing powder blue Oiler throwbacks, I think two times this year. And I know they're no longer in Houston. They're no longer the Oilers. But those bad boys need to be their regular their regular uniforms. They are beautiful. There are several franchises that would be better off going back to their old color scheme, their old uniforms, and their old logo. I believe the Titans, even though they're not in Houston, you know, they're not right. Oilers are one of them. The Seahawks dropped their throwbacks last week. The yeah. Seahawks uniforms were hard, like... I don't know. The Sixers did it with their old logo, and they came back, and people love the old logo True. being the new logo. Like, I don't know why more franchises don't do that. The Seahawk one, now the Colts released an alternate, and it's disgusting. Awful. It's completely useless. It looks like a Duke football uniform, and, and the, the selling point was it's heathered. Like, this is the this has never happened before where it's not just straight, solid blue. No thanks. But the Titans one is beautiful. The Seahawk one is great. I love the current Seahawks uniforms, except for the all like lime green one. But their normal uniforms, I think, are beautiful. But even they lose to the Seahawks throwbacks. It's very few current uniforms that win in that matchup. Yeah. Of do you like their new uniforms and new logo, or their old uniforms and old logo? Now, around this area, the city that we can't speak of. Woody Johnson, who owns the team, posted a picture yesterday wearing a hat of the old Jets logo. The one that's script and slanted and has kind of the airplane wing across the top. And it said, new profile pick. Leading to speculation that they're going to have some Jet throwbacks. There was a leak out that came out, too. Someone was in the Jet facility and took a... 500 foot picture of somebody who looked like they were behind like a photo booth. Okay. And you could see a small glimpse of what looked like a white alternate now, throwback uni. I know the Falcons give them competition because the Falcons' most recent uniform change was a complete waste of time. But I can't think of a team that made a worse uniform decision than the Jets did going to what they have right now. Oh, horrible. It is the most novice, uninspired, unprofessional. It looks like their current Jet logo looks like the generic logo that you'd get in, like, clip art. Or I remember when I was picking out my high school ring, you could pick random things that would go, like, inside the stone. Like, I put hockey sticks in mine because we were in the, ho- like the hockey club. We didn't have a hockey team. But, like, it, that's what it looked like. Day one graphic design Jets. With a football. There's nothing professional about it. Coming off those beautiful white helmets and all that kind of stuff. So anything to get rid of those. What do you prefer, Pete, as a as a Jet fan? Do you like the white helmet? Or do you like kind of the Ken O'Brien green with that Jets slanted well, I, font? I, I, I like both of them. But I, at the time, when they were going to change the uniform, I thought they were going to go back to the Ken O'Brien right. look. Yeah, with with maybe a little bit of the 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 sixties look in it. Um, I think now the uniforms are terrible. Terrible. It's hard for me to get merchandise. Why that, would you? I I don't want it. Um, I think it would it would behoove them to go to an alternate with with the old Jet logo from the eighties. Yeah. 
Uh, but I, I I would go back to the '60s logo for um, for their main uniforms. Go back if they could. Go back to what it was uh, before uh, the last two years. Uh, all right, let me get get back to the Boston Pea Party. And again, I, I was really proud of that headline. And then I didn't need it because there's no stream today because Cap is off. I think he's back tomorrow. So hopefully you have something catchy for tomorrow's show. But my bathroom forays at Fenway Park. So in the last time in, after we see this guy make the urinal versus stall decision live in front of me, then I hear a weird noise over my right shoulder. And there's a guy in a Red Sox jersey, the player I can't remember. He is kneeling in front of a urinal, puking into the urinal. And I mean with some force. Now, with Jake, who the word puke could make him puke. Real weak stomach on this nine-year-old kid. If you think I'm soft, he's even softer. He's a puker, and he's got, he's triggered way easy on this front. So now I'm thinking, holy crap, this guy's raging drunk and puking. And credit to his buddy, who's standing there, periodically flushing the toilet as this guy is puking, flushing the urinal. That's a good buddy. I guess it is. But, I mean, all the things, the noise, the heaving, the coughing, you could hear it splattering against the urinal. It was terrible. So I've got Jake going. I'm like, he's now he's going to puke if he sees this. So now I'm standing in between Jake and this guy, and I'm talking, trying to, like, drown out the noise. And... I can see, because like people are noticing, I can see Jake like trying to look around me. I'm like, dude, just pee. Why? Doesn't matter. Just pee. Talking. Guy's still heaving behind me. Jake finally finishes. Like, all right, let's just go. Let's get out of here. You know, we'll wash our hands. Mom's got soap at the, you know, hand soap at the, at the seats. Why? Why, Dad? I'm like, just get out of the bathroom. Because the last thing I need is him, like, reactively puking on the floor of the Fenway bathroom. Because this dude is full-on attacking this urinal. And now I'm wondering, too, what was his choice? Because the urinal where he is is the farthest away from the door. So he comes into the bathroom, and, I mean, maybe you said a pee. Sometimes there's a, a game plan change. And he started to pee, and he's like, oh, I got to puke. So there was no choice. And you're trapped. But you can't choose urinal over toilet. If, you, if you're going into the bathroom to puke, you, that's a mandatory stall. Yes, you can. <laughs> well, there's no gray area for that one. Unless you have no control and then you lose it wherever it is. Well, he, I mean, again, he made a choice or maybe it wasn't what he had in mind when he entered, but this was unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Especially, the, I look, uh, don't get me started on Fenway Park in general. Because I, I, I think the whole place is very very overrated all right well i want to we'll do this tomorrow okay. because not to give it away i've got some things to trash other than this yeah about the fenway experience so we'll save that for tomorrow but it is i once called fenway a dump on the air here and i got yelled at by listeners by people that worked here it's not a dump but it's too close to a dump in certain areas for comfort and then there, there was uh, social media that leaked out over the weekend that proves that. Well, I, I missed the So we went Saturday night. Friday night was unbelievable rain. Unbelievable rain. We were driving up. We got into town by like 630. So we were there ahead of these storms. We were supposed to meet some friends at a restaurant outdoor space. 
So I was looking at like figuring out the forecast and it wasn't supposed to be that bad. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I think it was like three hours of lightning, thunder, downpours. And we were staying short of Boston, like Southeast of Boston. So I was like, Oh, I wonder if this is going on at Fenway. Cause we were, we were at, didn't have any TVs open up my phone. First thing on Twitter is a, like a waterfall of rain coming down the stairs in one of the sections of the family. I was like, okay, I guess it's raining there too. But it was unbelievable rain. At one point, we couldn't leave where we were at. We had got inside, and the kids were tired. We were tired. It was, it was so bad, we just we couldn't leave. The rain was crazy, crazy, crazy. All that did to, for us was the game Saturday was supposed to be 4 o'clock, bumped it back to 7 because they had to finish Friday's game, separate admission, Saturday afternoon. But yeah, Friday night was crazy. And then Saturday was crazy for different reasons. Fenway's a trip. Maybe one I don't ever take again. I think that's kind of the boil it down to that. Uh, when we come back, we'll check in with Vinny Iyer, Sporting News Fantasy Football. That's next on the DA Show on CBS Sports. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are halfway through hour three on this Monday morning. It's Bogish in for DA. He's got the week off, but he will appear on the PGP. We'll tape side A today, side B tomorrow, and then you'll hear it all at some point tomorrow, most of the show will be spent reminiscing on last week and Friday's show in particular. And then, of course, we'll walk you through what's going to happen here over the next couple of weeks uh, as we all kind of trade vacation times and whatnot before we're locked in for good uh, Labor Day because football is just about to be here at College and NFL. And because of that, it is time to discuss fantasy football. And we'll do that this morning with Vinny Iyer from Sporting News. Vinny, it is Andrew. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. So, Vinny, uh, we spent a lot of time recently on the show talking about um, the debate over the value of running backs, when to pay them, how to pay them. Is fantasy football still a safe spot for those guys? Are they all correctly valued and picked high and key cogs to your team? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the biggest thing is that you're going to invest in these guys in the right spots, but we know there's volatility, right? Like if you have Christian McCaffrey, guess what? You're going to have to invest a high draft pick later on Elijah Mitchell, right, to protect your investment. 
So there's things like that that you have to consider, but we know that they're also very volatile. Like if they're going to stay on the field and produce, great. But uh, we know that all these guys have big injury risks. We know a handful of them that you take in the top 10 or 12 are going to be bust because of just attrition or something that was going to happen. Jonathan Taylor last year, I mean, it wasn't his fault that he got hurt, but it was very disappointing if you drafted him and you didn't take like a sure thing, maybe like a Justin Jefferson or a Travis Kelsey, someone like that you knew was going to do something, or even a Patrick Mahomes. They're just less with the volatility with those other positions. If somebody's drafting in the near future, what's the advice for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs? Well, I think you look at the situations. I think we just be patient with the camp and looking at what they're doing. But I would say that uh, Josh Jacobs is probably going to be the better camper, so to speak, and report and do things because he knows he's still valuable to the team. And I think he knows that playing is the best way if he wants to move on and get a better deal maybe elsewhere next year. Is it going to be his best ticket? He knows he's the right offense. He just led the league in scrimmage yards. I mean, you look at Saquon, maybe a little less right with the Giants in terms of hey, we're willing to move on. I think Saquon has got more of a chip on his shoulder, maybe more rubbed the wrong way by the organization. So right now I'd be more careful with uh, Saquon Barkley, but keep an eye out in camp. <laughs> Watch Eric Gray, see if he gets a little bit more reps. I really like the kid out of Oklahoma that the Giants drafted. Maybe he's a good contingency plan. Any other undervalued running back, so to speak, that, that you like in this draft? Or like this, this, this season, I should say? Yeah, I think you dig a little deeper, but one is Isaiah Pacheco. I think I'm very surprised how low he is in the rankings. I mean, outside of the things, the top 24 and many, but look at the opportunities he had. And I think what an indication that he's going to have a bigger role was the Super Bowl and playoffs. He was catching more passes. He was involved. I know they did bring back Jarek McKinnon. There's not much difference in their backfield, even with Clyde Edwards-Lair back, but Pacheco is just so impressive. I know Andy Reid loves him. He's a power back that is going to have more opportunities, and he was pretty productive last year in a limited role. I think you'll see him in a much bigger role for the Chiefs this year. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News with us this morning here on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Vinny, the mock drafts I was looking at last night, more than one had Justin Jefferson at number one. Would he be your number one pick in a traditional league? Uh, it's hard to say that with Christian McCaffrey out there. I know – McCaffrey can maybe turn some people off. I mean, last year we felt the injury, but now, look, he went through a durable season. He's in the perfect offense. He's the centerpiece of the 49ers offense. So you look at him, you look at Austin Eckler. I mean, Eckler has led the league in running back touchdowns the past two years. He's also an important part. And the difference between those two guys and other running backs, they're big-time receiving threats, and they're receivers first, right? So it's like you get half a receiver, and you get a big-time running back against score. So I think it really is between those three guys. They're in number one pick. And really, you can't go wrong with Jefferson. I think he'd have a monster season. There's no Adam Thielen there. I know Jordan Addison could be special, but I think he's going to swallow up those targets, and it's going to be a big drop-off from him to T.J. Hawkinson in Minnesota. Vinny, what's your thought on if you take Jefferson or Jamar Chase – or any other kind of high-end wide receiver, do you like coupling them with their quarterback, or do you go for kind of diversity of those two spots? Well, if I have a shot to get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I'm doing it. I'm not sure if I'm forcing myself into Kirk Cousins. Fair enough. (laughs) 
But, yeah, I like it at times. I mean, a combination I like this year a lot that is a sleeper one in the middle that is going to have higher returns, I think, where they are. Trevor Lawrence is now mid-QB1 in the top six to eight, somewhere there. And you have Calvin Ridley ranked pretty low, I think, as a wide receiver two. That could end up having major returns. So that's a sneaky one that I want to put away this year with Lawrence and Ridley. I'd also love. It's really hard to do it unless you do it on the turn early in Mahomes and Kelsey. Obviously, that can lead a lot of teams to the championship. What about Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson with the Jets? That's not a bad one to look. I mean, Rodgers, you won't have to expend as high of a pick to do it, so that's going to be available, too, if you want to do it. I think that's another guy that can produce a little bit beyond expectation, but I'm not going to go, like to say, like Chris Olave and Derek Carr. I don't want to go that far, but Rodgers, we know, loves one guy and he can uh, dominate with that guy. So that's a really uh, good one uh, to look at because, again, you're not going to see a lot of people bang the table for Rodgers here. I mean, you look at the rankings, he's outside the top 12, so that could be a pretty good value where Wilson, I think you might have to be a little bit more aggressive to get. Regardless of position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, wherever, who are the most impactful rookies in your mind this fantasy season? I think you look at, obviously, the one-two punch of the first-rounders and real Football, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. I like Gibbs to be awesome this year. I, I look at the Lions being a front-running team, a very explosive team, and you look at all the vacated touches in that backfield. I mean, it's him and David Montgomery replacing DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams. Big-time opportunity. But then Lions offensive line is great. The team's going to be playing from ahead. So I do like him, actually, as a better value because now Bijan Robinson is going to tie as number three or number four at running back where Gibbs is going a little bit lower than that. I think he's still a better value than Robinson and drafts. And I think elsewhere, Zay Flowers can have a bigger role than we think in Baltimore. And think, watch out for the injuries with the Chargers as well for Quentin Johnston. Vinny, you guys have probably been drafting for this season since the end of last season. But for the rest of us, the regular folk, in your mind, what's the right time to draft for your league? How much longer should we wait closer to week one to start putting things together? Yeah, I think uh, do a lot of mock drafts before then, but I would wait as late as possible because we know injuries can happen. I think the safest time for me right now is after that uh, penultimate preseason game when everyone's just about to rest players for the finale. And some teams do it a little bit differently, but if you can steer clear of uh, the main guys being hurt, well, that's a good time to draft. So I do like to wait as late as possible to draft. I'm not saying you have to do it on the day of the opener in the morning, but uh, <laughs> sometime that weekend, uh, Labor Day, somewhere there, makes yeah. a lot of sense. All right, Vinny, thanks so much for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Good info. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. That's Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. Uh, wetting our appetite for a fantasy football season here is July is almost August, uh, and I think by the middle of this week, everybody's going to basically be in camp, if not on the field, beginning their preparations for this coming season. Interesting that Vinny kind of sees the Jacobs Barkley thing, at least flip flop from what I do. I, and I could be completely wrong, but there's, I feel there's more anger, at least from Jacobs to the Raiders than between Barkley and the giants right now. And if anyone's not going to show up or stay home longer to me, it's Jacobs and not Barkley, but um, we'll see. And again, both of those teams between now and Wednesday have their report dates so we're going to get at least an initial answer on those two guys here relatively soon. Still to come this hour, 
Joel Embiid got married over the weekend, and at least one important current Sixer teammate wasn't there, so the speculation uh, ran wild over the weekend. We'll do that after headlines. Here's Emmanuel. Well, Andrew, when you're at Royal Liverpool, the Open Championship, generally the preference is that the winner isn't an American, but that's what happened yesterday. American Brian Harmon against the crowd, against the odds, won his first major, surged to victory at 13-under, six strokes clear of the four closest competitors at 7-under. Kept thinking about something Kirby Smart said. Don't, well, I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt. You know, I decided to get out and, and, and try and take as much control as I could, and when I made a couple putts on the front nine, I felt like it settled down and like I felt like I had a lot of control. Well, Harmon Hunting was a 125-1 to underdog to win the Open going into the weekend, but he prevails and wins out. Baseball, Fred McGriff via a Veterans Committee vote and Scott Rowland via the normal writer's ballot on the sixth try. They're both enshrined in Cooperstown yesterday. As for the games, Rays up until this past week were in first place every day of the season. Remember, they started 30-9. and but that changed this week when the Orioles jumped into first place. And immediately, right away, they had to be tested out and show they could hold on as a top dog in the AL East. And that's what they did this weekend. O's took three out of four from the Rays in Tampa. O'Shea fires. O'Hearn out towards left field. Fair or foul heading for the wall. It dings off the pole, and it's a home run for Ryan O'Hearn. This guy is having an unbelievable season with the Orioles. That's Melanie Newman on Orioles Radio. Ryan O'Hearn, the go-ahead homer. O'Hearn in five years with Kansas City, 683 OPS. Now he's at 885 this year in 55 games with the Orioles. Speaks to the magic brewing in Baltimore. 5-3 win in the series finale. Rookie Gunnar Henderson, also his 16th homer. Well, the new fan afternoon show accused the Orioles of cheating like the original fan afternoon show accused the Rays. If they do... That means the Orioles are destined for 500 baseball the rest of the year. <laughs> because that's what's happened to the Rays after they were accused of cheating. Is that what they're going to do this afternoon in their debut? Say the Orioles are PEDing? They're going to get out ahead of it before the Athletic right? gets the story. Might as well. I like Fan it. Fan exclusive. Exactly. What's going on in Baltimore? <laughs> knock, knock. Philly's a four spot in the top of the 10th. Bryce Harper, the go-ahead single. Philly's knocked off the Guardians 8-5 in Cleveland. Marlins snapped an eight-game losing streak. Luisa Rise, a three-hit day, is average at 379 on the season. Three-hit day, including a walk-off single. Marlins survived the Rockies 3-2. Battle of first-place teams. Braves beat the Brewers 4-2. Some drama. Ozzy Albies, the go-ahead three-run homer in the eighth. I actually want to be in those spots. It's fun when you can help the team with something to win the games and score runs. So to me, it's exciting when you get in those big spots. Braves sitting pretty in first place in the NL East. Twins down 3-0, entering the bottom of the ninth. Rally to beat the White Sox. 5-4 in 10 innings. Alex Kirilov, a two-out RBI double in the ninth to keep the game alive. And the team's traded runs in the 10th. Ryan Jeffers, a walk-off single in the 12th. In Texas, Max Muncie, a grand slam in the top of the first inning. But the Dodgers didn't score the rest of the way. Rangers played at 8 in the first four innings. That held up. Rangers topped the Dodgers 8-4. Yankees swept away the Royals in the Bronx. 8-5 the final. Anthony Rizzo, who hadn't homered in 45 games, hitting 182 over that span. He not only homered, but he went 4-for-4, four four, changed his walk-up song before the game to Ready For It by Taylor Swift. Could that have been the spark? Well, Taylor Swift, it's, it's her summer, really. She's, she's, she's helping the economy in every city she goes. It's a decent way to look at it. Taylor okay. Swift is an economy booster. That's, that's the story, right? Right. Everybody keeps talking about this? It's not Rizzo, it's, it's Swifties. And he also took his batting gloves off, too, yesterday, right? Is that true, Emmanuel? Which was fascinating to me because he took his batting gloves off for the last two at-bats on Saturday. He okay. went one for two. He, like, pummeled the single to right field. 
And I thought, okay, that's going to continue into Sunday because he got success mm -hmm. from taking the batting gloves off. But first at bat, he had the batting gloves on. No okay. superstition, and it paid off four for four. So gloves change Saturday, new song Sunday. Right. So I think the new song's going to stay, but the batting gloves will remain on. Now, do we know, was he a Taylor Swift fan to begin with? I think he was. Okay. So he knew, and I don't know anything about this song, if it makes any sense to what you're trying to do. Ready for it, I guess, if when you're at the plate. Ready for the pitch? What I've heard about Rizzo is that the fact he's more ready for pitches, his loading stance, the loading part of his stance is better now, so he's ready for it uh, if we're going to tie it into the Taylor Swift song. I was never a good hitter growing up, maybe because I didn't know these words, but load is the new, to me at least, buzzword in hitting. Like, this is the thing you got to do. Right. All these drills, whether you're 9 or 19 or 39, you got to do this to load swinging PVC pipes, hips first. It's crazy. Like, you got to be in the right position to hit. This is the first word. First and foremost. If you don't, you're not loading correctly, you're not hitting. And that's what happened the last 45 games. He wasn't loading properly. And it all changed he, yesterday. Now he's loading properly. Because Some, of Taylor Swift. An assist from Taylor Swift on that one. Makes a lot of sense. He's ready for it. Angels 7, Pirates 5, Shohei Otani is 36th home run. So he's on pace for 58. Only question, will he chase down Aaron Judge's AL record set last year? Will Otani chase it down in Anaheim? That was the Angels' last home game before the August 1st trade deadline. Speaking of deadline targets at Wrigley Field, Cody Bellinger, red hot, drove in the first three Cubs runs, including his 14th homer in the first inning. Cubs, all their seven runs coming across the first three innings. The highlight, a five-run third. Cubs turned aside the Cardinals 7-2, took three out of four. Bellinger's hitting over 450 with seven homers in his last 15 games. So uh, gearing up for potentially being dealt. Blue Jays staved off a sweep in Seattle, beat the Mariners 4-3. And Oakland Astros 3, A's 2, Mauricio Dubon, the go-ahead smash in the top of the ninth. Red swept the Diamondbacks 7-3 in the, in the series finale. Ellie De La Cruz, his fifth homer. Nationals completed their first sweep since 2021. Nats over the Giants 6-1. Lane Thomas 3-4. for four, And a franchise record tying four stolen bases. And all of them came across the first five innings of that game. Tigers three, Padres one, and the Red Sox took care of the Mets a day after you left, Andrew, 6-1. Thanks, E. Uh, when we come back again, Joel Embiid got married. There were a lot of Sixers there, a lot of other fancy people there, one absence, and the internet ran with it. We'll do that when we come back, the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Wrapping up hour number three on this Monday morning. Bogus in for DA. EJ's here. He and I have appearing all week on the show. Get your Pete today, tomorrow, or Wednesday. Emmanuel's here. We're getting a Schwartz this week, a couple of Casertas, maybe a CeeLo. A lot of us taking you through Friday. And then next week, some variation of the show exists as well. DA at least is back a week from now. You'll hear him and me on the PGP coming up uh, probably tomorrow morning. We'll release it after a couple of conversations uh, side A, side B of the PGP. We've accomplished a lottery this morning. I have not mentioned, though, that the poll question is up for the day. And coming off of DK Metcalf walking us in sound check through what he normally eats in a day, a cup of coffee around noon, that's breakfast, quote-unquote, and lunch. So it's a brunch coffee around 4 o'clock, three-ish bags of candy and some water and then his one actual meal comes around 8 o'clock at night. So coming off him having so much candy and preferring kind of gummy hard candies to chocolate, that is our question of the day, our poll question. Which of candy do you prefer, chocolate or gummies? 
uh, a lot of votes, and one of those answers is winning by a large margin at the moment at CBS Sports Radio's Where Do You Vote? Um, I've already got some analytics from Pete and the research department. That's coming up to close out the show, as always, with your epic fail. Next hour, Michael Jordan, the owner, is no longer in the NBA. Somebody here doesn't like the Dolphins, projecting a down season in Miami as well. Uh, but right now, so Joel Embiid, you know him well. He got married over the weekend to a woman who's named Anna DePaul. I don't know. She's like, I guess she's a model. Uh, she is not unattractive. She's not seven foot whatever like Joel Embiid is. But they got married this weekend. As you'd expect, huge, extravagant party, fancy people, sharing videos, sharing pictures. One of the people in the story is a name loosely connected to this show, Camille Fischel, Fischel, who is married to Michael Rubin, who is fanatics. And Camille was once on this show because she and Lisa Ramos are friends. And this came up last week when Lisa was on the show uh, as part of our goodbye to Sean. And one of the videos that Michael Rubin shared from this wedding kind of kickstarted everybody doing this detective work to find out if James Harden was at this wedding amid wanting out of Philly and Embiid trolling or not, talking about maybe I need to win somewhere else and it takes more than one or two guys. I need more help. So where was James Harden? He was not at this wedding. The Harden Instagram account had a picture of him or a video of him somewhere eating hamburgers over the weekend. What we don't know is if Harden was even invited or if he just declined going to Embiid's wedding. So we don't know which party as far as I read, made the call here. Did My guess is he was invited. But again, everybody does things differently out of anger, spite, whatever. My guess is, since it seemed like the rest of the Sixers were there, that Harden chose not to go. Could be 100% wrong. Maybe for whatever reason, Embiid was like, nah, James ain't going. But he wasn't there. And... If you want to read into that anything, be my guest. I just think, again, assuming it was Harden not going, to me that just means that James Harden is James Harden. And it doesn't mean anything necessarily about them or whether or not they want to play together. I think the juicier detail would be is if MB didn't invite Harden. I think that would maybe have you know shed a little more light on the dynamic in Philadelphia. But... Harden wasn't there, and people were going through pictures and videos trying to figure out if he was there for the longest time, and then kind of got confirmation through his social media that he wasn't there. But it does remind me, man, there was there's nothing good about planning a wedding, figuring out who to invite, especially from work. And it's got to be that much more difficult when theoretically that Embiid wedding has an endless budget. When my wife and I got married in 2007, we were babies. We were barely working full time. We got married on a Friday night because that was cheaper. We got married in the smaller room of the venue because that was even cheaper. And there was only a certain amount of people that we could invite. So at some point, we had to kind of just drop the hammer and be like, okay, that's it. And it, well, what I did for my work was I invited my friends. I didn't, there were no blanket invites. None of the bosses got invited because every boss was married. That was two people, not one if they came. It was just our friends. And there were people who were a little annoyed that they didn't get invited. But like there's there's a finite amount of space that happened, you know, it is what it is. Which So which is why now 
I've got no hard feelings for 95% of wedding invitations. Now, there are certain people who are more than just colleagues that I'd be insulted by if I was not invited to their wedding. But even if I invited you to mine, I don't expect the return one because everybody, having lived the situation, there are almost no right answers. It's so hard, and you make decisions for different reasons. But when you're Joel Embiid, and you can you can basically just build a wing onto your venue hall to add more people. It's got to be tough to figure, like, to not, like, how to figure out, you know, am I, Daryl Morey was there. Like, if you were, if I was a player, would I be inviting the GM to my wedding? Is that required? The head coach? These teams have two rows of assistants these days. Like, how many guys do you have to invite from the Sixers if you're Joel Embiid? That's a long list. I mean, I think only teammates. And I think only the teammates you like. Like, I, I think... Once you get into general manager, maybe the owner of a team, I can see you saying, okay, I'll bring the owner in. Um, you know, thankful, thank you for all the hundreds of millions right. that Joel and B's bringing in. This is, for, this is basically your party since right, it's exactly. just refunneling your money to exactly, here. Exactly. But beyond that, like, once you get to the coaches and the assistant coaches and, and then forget about it. You got the training staff. Right. You got, there are a lot of, you know, runners for these teams that do a lot of, you know, errands yeah. for these players. Like, you got you to gotta keep it. Very tight. And are you inviting Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse? <laughs> well, I definitely think he's not inviting Doc Rivers. He's, he seems that's to, true. Yeah, I think that, uh, that might, ship is Doc there. might have been invited at first, but then he kind of called Joel out, and that's why the, that gets rescinded. That yeah, invitation. Yeah, I think he goes says, "Oh, actually, you know what? The the venue is saying, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're saying that we got to keep it under you know five hundred, and you know you're five hundred one. So Sorry. What do you think about Harden quickly not being there? Do you think it matters at all, or is it just him being Harden? And I don't think it matters much. I think that these NBA players are a lot. They care a lot less than we think. Yes. So I think Harden not being invited. I don't think he'd care. I don't think Embiid thought much about inviting him if he did. I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, that these players just aren't as invested in these little yeah. squabbles that we think they are. I know, and I love it. I love gossip. I love drama, but it, most of it is created by us, wishful yeah. thinking, and it's not actually reality. Uh, the final hour begins with Michael Jordan, arguably the best player ever, and then one of the worst owners ever. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots 
of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.